insider Ira Winderman. It's the Acura of Pembroke. And sale at Acura of Pembroke Pines. 2021 TLX, $349 a month. Thank you for making us the number one volume Acura dealer 11 years in a row. It's time to climb inside the squared circle. I have wine to dine with kings and queens. And I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. The squared circle digest, that is. Here is your host, Sean Stanley. It's Saturday. You know what that means. High atop Inner Miami CF Stadium. I am Sean Stanley. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore Stanley 11. Also follow the station at Onside Radio. Heard deep into the count, or deep in the count, I'm sorry, right before me with Alex Gary, Christian Chase. Coming up, chirping to catch radio right after me at 10. 11 to 1, talking some football with Austin Robillard, Red Card Radio. And then Taco about sports in the day. 1 to 2. J-Rod will be out today covering some uh, boxing up in the Dallas area. He'll be back next week. And then, of course, Sunday Sports Drop gets us started tomorrow morning at 7. Followed by one-on-one at 9. All that steered and produced by the great Abel. So, Abel, thank you as always, my friend. And as you know by now, if you've been listening to Onside Radio, you can catch us on YouTube and Twitch if you want to watch us. Proceed with caution with this show. And you can listen to us now, Podbean Live, Radio FM, uh, any any radio app, I believe, right now, uh, O has us on, so... You can listen to any show there. You can reach out to us on the text line, 844-416-8123. Be a part of the show, 888-441-4623 if you want to call in. Probably open up the phone lines in the second or third segment. But I do want to get things started with the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. Looks like it's going to be the most pay-per-view buys in company history for AEW. I think the in-ring action was great. I did not like the 8 p.m. start. Myself, I work at uh, 4 in the morning. I'm getting up at 4 in the morning. So the 8 p.m. start, not idea for me. And, and I thought there was a lot of wasted time in there. At 7 p.m., you're doing a buy-in. You're showing me all the lead-ins for each match and and building up the feud, which, by the way, AEW does a great job at. But I thought once the pay-per-view started, could have more efficiently ran the time of the pay-per-view instead of leading in again with each one that I've already saw from 7 to 8 and I've seen on AEW TV. I love the vignettes, but I didn't need to see them again when... The pay-per-view is going till almost midnight. The matches got started. The buy-in. Probably going to say her name wrong. Maki Ito and Britt Baker. Ito came in for uh, the angle they're running with Reba there with the doctor's note on the dentist coverhead. They took on Thunder Rosa and Rio. I thought it was a good match. It got it started. Then the first match of the pay-per-view saw the 
inner circle at the time, Jericho and MJF, they took on the Young Bucks. And I thought this was, at first, I was like, oh, they're starting with this match, huh? Okay. I think it started to pace great for the night. And then Jericho took the pinfall, which leading into AEW and what happened there, which we have seen now, there's a new alliance been formed with MJF. Sammy Guevara comes out. Gets Jericho to finally listen to him. I guess apparently Guevara's not dead to Jericho anymore. MJF ends up turning on the inner circle and aligning with Tully Blanchard, FTR, Sean Spears. Which kind of got me thinking, and, and I don't want to go off of where we were at, but this is what AEW does, because here was my thinking for this all along. I thought MJF was going to end up taking over the inner circle and kind of forcing Jericho out. Sammy Guevara come up, save Jericho possibly from a beatdown. And then you have MJF and the inner circle. Did not see the FTR portion of this and and here's why i think i was always under the impression that that was going to be the spot cody rhodes took when i saw arn anderson come out and he gave the four and he pointed to his eyes and to the ring i thought that was solidifying kind of in time not maybe right then and there but in time cody rhodes would fall into that role the horseman again with FTR, Sean Spears. So I always looked at it as that was probably Cody's spot there. Didn't think about the MJF role. But then I started thinking too is, can they work this angle out and hear me out on this? Can they work this out to somehow have Cody and MJF reconcile? Remember, they were best friends. MJF turned on Cody. Couldn't this be a reconciliation to take over AEW? I want to get your thoughts on that as well, so make sure you call us. 888-441-4623. Text me at 844-416-8123. Let me know your thoughts there on that one because I thought it was very interesting the way AEW kind of threw the curveball there. I always knew the MJF, Chris Jericho wasn't going to work, right? We knew. No, but everybody knows that's not going to work. The two alphas were going to collide. But I think I saw more of MJF taking over inner circle with Sammy Guevara being kicked out earlier. Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho realigning, and then they go to battle against Inner Circle. Did not see MJF going with FTR and Spears, but also I think this is going to be a good, good little faction here. You have MJF, of course, the talker. FTR can talk and wrestle. Spears, talk and wrestle. Wardlow, the monster. You got the brains of Tolly Blanchard. I mean, this 
this could be, possibly be a, a great little faction that they're running. And that was just getting the night started. And again, the way I, I like AEW is that everything normally, th there's no wasted efforts. It felt like there's a lot of wasted efforts on the pay-per-view with some of the vignettes. The Casino Tag Team Royal. The countdowns to the teams came in. I thought it was good. They did it kind of like the Royal Rumble. Allowed you know teams to come in, get their shine, fall into the match. Ray Phoenix, I, I think he's emerging. And Zero as well. They're finally letting them to emerge as the stars that they are. And this is what AEW does to me. That is better than what WWE is doing. And we're going to get into the WWE portion a little later on. They allow everybody to be their stars, right? They let them be creative. They let them have their go. You see Cody is zero now. They're going to go at it. Ray Phoenix, you saw what they did with, with him and Jungle Boy. Then what happens on the next AEW? Dynamite picks up the victory. He pins one half of the tag team champions. And I want to continue on with the way AEW continues building angles through other matches. Just in this casino, Tag Team Royale. QT walks out on Dustin. Furthering that storyline with QT and the riff with the Nightmare family. You saw it even get further on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday. Jack Evans helps eliminate Grayson. Another storyline being elevated in a match. Look, Grayson and them were not going to win the match. So why not have his elimination mean something by Grayson helping out, or sorry, by Jack Evans helping out, and then it still continues building the Matt Hardy Dark Order feud, right? Small, little, little minute details. The AEW Women's Championship, Sheeta. Rio Muzunami. I thought the match was what it needed to be. It was hard hitting. And it allowed Sheeta and the women's title to be displayed properly. This match, the next match I'm going to talk about, Miro, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor. I thought you could have moved this match to the buy-in, honestly. Miro finally being portrayed as the monster that he is. They're going to continue this feud. If you've watched AEW Dynamite, you're going to see that it's going to continue. But it allowed Miro to be the monster he is, but also I thought this could have been on the buy-in. Didn't need to be on the pay-per-view. The Face of the Revolution ladder match, Scorpio Sky wins it. You're seeing the evolution of a heel Scorpio Sky now. I'm here for it. I like it. I like everything they've done so far with, with Scorpio Sky. 
including the loss at AEW Dynamite and then him attacking. Christian Cage arrival, exactly what he needed to be, right? He comes in, he doesn't say a word, he signs a contract, he walks out, does his little little thing that he does looking out into the crowd, leaves. Exactly what it needed to be. That was it. I do believe, though, they kind of hurt him by trying to make it be like this huge. I think everybody thought it was going to be something bigger than what it was. Not that Christian Cage isn't big. Do not take me wrong here. But I think everybody was picturing somebody else walking out that that ramp. And when Christian Cage came, it was like, okay. Sting, Darby Allen, exactly what I was hoping they would do with them, the cinematic match, that's what Sting needs to do right now. He does not need to be out there wrestling. Street Fight I thought was good for him if they did it live because then you don't really have to do any crazy wrestling moves. But the fact that they did it cinematically, fantastic. Then the AEW heavyweight match, we're going to dive into that next because I want to get more into the whole exploding, not exploding thing. But Onside Radio enters Kai's Corner with Kai Chin Chisholm. I just wanted to say that name. Every day from 10 to noon, join Kai as he discusses the biggest stories in South Florida sports. Tune in every day, 10 to noon, for Kai's Corner on the home for South Florida sports talk. It's right here, onsideradio.com. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Riddle me this, with all this sizzling meat and crunchy veggies nestled between toasty flatbread, who should get credit for Papa John's new papadilla? The person who invented pizza or the person who invented folding? Well, whoever it is, a tip of the tongue hat to you, sir or madam. Get a new papadilla, four flavors, just six bucks each. Better ingredients, better pizza, better than a sandwich, Papa John's. Hey, it's Big O for EJD Construction, your custom home builder, additions and home remodeling. Our lives have changed. We're making our homes more of an oasis. Call the right place. Call the right people. Eric at EJD Construction for over 16 years. A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for EJDConstruction.com. If you miss the J-Rod experience, then you miss this. What, what is the juice you think going to be in Vegas this year? You know, we've got COVID. We're dealing with that. How are the casinos working all this? It's really something that I don't think we can answer at this point in time. You know, uh, obviously the handle has been down in Nevada. The traveling has been down in Nevada. But, you know, some people in some circles, they're not going to cancel their trips to Vegas because they've been waiting all year for something like this. And, you know, I mean, not to get into COVID politics or anything like that. You know, some people just want to go to Vegas. J-Rod Experience every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. right here at OnSiteRadio.com. He has an overbite that makes him look like a cartoon character a slightly crooked eye, and an uncommonly wrinkly neck. In the right light, he can look a little like a garden gnome, and he'll wear a bow tie just because. Sure, you might call him a little quirky, but that's exactly what makes him so perfect. Tuna is a three-year-old Chihuahua Dachshund mix with more than 700,000 followers on Instagram, and it all started because he was adopted. You can't buy a best friend like Tuna, but you can adopt one. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. Let's raise a cup to the first among us who put themselves last. To the risk takers, the mask makers, the heroes on the front line, 
and online. To the ones keeping shelves full and keeping us hopeful. To those who don't stop and those making all the stops. To the ones who pick up, suit up, and never let us down. From all of us at Duncan to all the heroes keeping everyone running. If you're looking to expand your home, modernize your kitchen, or improve that man cave, call EJD Construction. Call Eric right now. 305-433-4843. Go to the website, ejdconstruction.com. I sound a lot better than I should. Unfortunately, you can't do a lot by making me look better. That is, uh, unfortunately, you're stuck with that on YouTube and Twitch if that's what you're putting yourself through. Can text us, 844-416-8123. Call us at 888-441-4623. And don't forget, you can reach out to us on Podbean as well, YouTube chat as well. So anywhere you want to chat or get in on the conversation, we'll try to keep up with you here at onsideradio.com. Right now, still working on some of the camera. I want to get into the AEW Heavyweight title match, okay? I waited up, and uh, <laughs> the match did not disappoint, okay? It was violent. It was bloody. It was what it, what I thought an exploding barbed wire death match was going to be. I think where some of it might have went wrong, again, there was one missed explosion when they went outside the ring, if you watched it. When they went outside the ring and you saw, uh, it was the, I think there was two pieces of wood set up with the barbed wire on them. They went through uh, the middle part of it. The back one went off. The front one did not. But again, you're working with pyro. I, I don't know. You. It's not like this is something you can test. And even if you test it, you've got to reset it up and it may not work the same way again. So then the match goes off, and, and let me tell you, this match, I thought, delivered. Minus, I thought the run-in went a little bit too long with Gallows and Anderson. And at the end, of course, we all know now, the explosion did not go off. I thought this was the way for them to kind of send Moxley off for the birth of his baby. I'm not sure how much longer uh, Renee has uh, on carrying the child. I believe it's it's going to be due here soon, probably within the next month or possibly two. But Moxley has carried this company as, as the champion for a long time. So maybe much needed rest. And then you bring him back in about a, a month, leave him off TV for a little bit. That explosion did not happen. So what I thought was the interesting part on all of this was once it did not go off, John Moxley went right on the microphone at the time and said that Omega was one tough, sorry, SOB, but he couldn't build 
a bomb, exploding bomb, for the ring worth a crap. Now, I'm not sure if, if Moxley went on his own there, which has turned into, of course, now, Tony Khan's having to answer this. And I believe this is either in the presser right after or a podcast the next day. This was his response to the thing. He says, the plans we saw in Korean and all through the match, we saw it. It looked very cool, and it's a very deadly, painful match. But at the end, I mean, I don't know what people really wanted. Unless you actually wanted us to explode the guys at the end, there's only so much you can do. So I go back to... Was the ending a botch? Or was it what was planned, but then they saw the reaction, and now they can build off of it? Because this reaction was... Whether you want to say, you know, it was bad, I don't think it is because everybody's talking about AEW Revolution the next day. Maybe people that weren't even going to even think about watching it end up eyes on the product, right? And now you have your new AEW Elevation coming up. I believe that's starting Monday. The way AEW kind of went, again, Moxley, I'm not sure if that was part of the plan or he just grabbed the mic and talked about it. Eddie Kingston, unfortunately, was still selling the bomb. I don't know. Again, half of what you see, nothing of what you hear. That's what you believe in pro wrestling, okay? Half of what you see, nothing that you hear. The best way to watch wrestling. Now, Wednesday night rolls around. Moxie and Kingston hanging out. Cut the promo, I thought, very well. Kind of, kind of, I guess, saving, or if you think saving, I'm not sure. Again, the line's kind of blurry here on what AEW wanted to do. Because, honestly, did you think they were going to blow up Moxley? Did you think that was going to be the ending? I mean, are we going to do the WWE, let's burn Bray Wyatt? Let's burn the fiend in the middle of the ring. Are we going to blow up Moxley in the middle of the ring? And then you send Eddie Kingston runs down to cover him. So you're going to blow up two superstars in the ring. Again, going off his last sentence, I don't know what people really wanted unless you actually wanted us to explode the guys at the end. There's only so much you can do. The reaction has been there. Kingston looks like a hero, right? He ran, he jumped on his friend who, by the way, they were trying to kill each other two months back. Now he's coming out to save him. Kenny Omega says in their promo later on in the same night, no, 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 we weren't giving you guys the satisfaction of a 
John Moxley, you being sent out through the explosion, and B, Eddie Kingston, you getting the royal ending as far as becoming a friend with John Moxley by trying to put yourself over him as everything was going down. And then, of course, Eddie Kingston comes out and the fight begins. But here, I wanted you to think about this. Let's let's go back here. Remember when Matt Seidel debuted and he slipped off the top turnbuckle? AW went back, Michael Nagazawa. Uh, being the elite, I think it was, where he's putting the baby oil on the top turnbuckle on the ropes there, right? What if what if Omega did build the proper you know, exploding explosive device, or whatever you want to call it. What if Kingston came out, removed it, knowing that it wasn't going to explode, and now came down to save Moxley to make it look like he's saving his friend, to gain his trust? The only one that would know, right, would be Kingston at this point. And again, they've gone a different way. I believe that that they have at this point. But what what if that was the way they went with it? Eddie Kingston knows the explosive device is not going to go off, so I'm going to throw myself on my buddy. I'll make him believe that I was there. Now we become drinking buddies again, do that for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then you get rid of them, right? You turn on them. They could have went a few different directions on this. But a lot of this is set up to me by the way AEW does a lot of their booking. They book small. Doesn't look like a lot of detail into matches to make you start thinking, right? For instance, when uh, Lee Johnson, when he wins the match, right, he goes and he thanks everybody, kind of leaves, leaves QT off, right? QT didn't go all ballistic and throw his arms in the air or anything else. He just had that funny look on his face. Like, what about me? You, you didn't even think about me. But it was just a look. Things you had to pick up on. That's what AEW does through their programming. They are laying it out and almost, almost seeing to me the fans react to something and they have left it open enough to where, okay, we can circle back and make that work. Or... We can continue doing the path that we have set for this angle. They don't lock themselves in, which I've seen WWE do many times. They're not locked in on a lot of stuff, right? Because they're throwing little subtle hints. If QT does that and the next week they come back out and like, oh, you know what? We decided not to do it. It was just a reaction. Like, oh, you know what? 
I'm over it. Move on. Now, they have extended that storyline to where he said he was over it, but now you're seeing difference, right? Now actions are starting to dictate what QT Marshall is doing. So with the exploding ball on that, they've taken something. They brought more eyes to them. And they need to take, again, you can look at it as a negative if you want. But if you start looking back at what Tony Khan said, was there ever really going to be? Everybody thought the ring was going to blow up when it hit right the 30-minute mark. But when I heard, when I read what Tony Khan said right here, it looked very cool. It's a very deadly, painful match. But at the end, I don't know what people really wanted. Unless you actually thought we were going to explode the guys at the end, there's only so much you can do. So was it a botch? Or does this go back to the expectations of what everybody thought the match was going to be? We're going to see the ring blow up. We're going to see Moxley blow up, right? An expectation. When we come back, we're going to dive into WWE. What are they doing? Leading into WrestleMania. I think we're April 10th, 11th. NXT made some announcements. We're going to dive into that. Saturdays, 8 a.m., baseball fans can go deep in the count with Alex Aguirre, Christian Chase. That was a show right before me. Catch a show that talks Marlins and all the big stories in the major leagues every Saturday, 8 a.m. Seamheads have a new home. Listen to Deep in the Count exclusively on SideRadio.com. It's Circle Digest. To text the show, 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Bringing you back in. Discuss some AEW Revolution. Check it out on the podcast, any podcasting platform. Search Squared Circle Digest. I want to dive into a little bit of the WWE and what's going on there. When you look at and you see the landscape heading into WrestleMania. We got next Sunday's Fastlane, everybody. Fastlane on Peacock. Yes. I'm excited because now <laughs> I have X1. Comcast Xfinity X1. I get Peacock for free. I can stream WWE Network for free. And also, if you sign up with the Peacock now, I think it's $4.99 is the premium. So you save $5. This is great for, right? Anybody at WWE Network? But for everything that's so great, I look at what's happening right now. We're leading into WrestleMania. This is... The Super Bowl of Wrestling, right? This is this is two nights of pro wrestling action from WWE, which, by the way, now, because William Regal made the great announcement, four nights of WWE action because there's going to be two nights of WWE, or WWE NXT coming at you as well. Look at this. Hey, why keep it at two nights when you can give you four nights? 
Got to tell you, WWE, the three nights we're getting right now through the week, not superb. Now you're going to have those three nights, and you also have to add a WrestleMania as well. So we'll have to see what they do. But here's some of the stuff. I want to go over the matches that at least looked confirmed. We know it's Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, and the rest are not confirmed. And I know Vince McMahon got his panties all up in a ruffle over leaks coming out about possible stuff heading into WrestleMania. I mean, anybody that watches WWE programming or has been watching WWE programming, Vince McMahon, you, you, you kind of give us the formula of, of where it's going, right? If you're paying attention to the product, which you would probably want your fans to do, you can kind of see where a lot of this is leading to. I think you should be happy that, look, I'm not saying that that stuff needs to be leaked all the time. But I don't think you had to have anything leaked to you to know that Bianca Belair winning the Royal Rumble meant she was going to verse Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. You don't have to be a brain scientist for that to work. And now with Asuka with the concussions, what's going to happen with the Raw title? Will she be cleared? Because to be honest, I think at Fastlane it was supposed to be Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Charlotte Flair gets the title, and then Rhea Ripley would debut at WrestleMania and probably win the Raw Women's Championship to return. Charlotte can return the favor of Rhea dropping the NXT title to her. Now, I'm sorry I'm pointing at you. It's not nice of me. I apologize. And you look at. Lashley McIntyre, right? I mean, we got to look at it and say that's probably where this is leading. Although the supposedly there's going to do some kind of match at Fastlane between Sheamus and McIntyre, the winner moving on to WrestleMania. The winner's got to be McIntyre. Sheamus versus Lashley would make no sense after all the build that we've done here. Again, if your fans are paying attention, you see this building. And we don't have to be brain scientists to see it. Randy Orton versus The Fiend, right? That's got to go to WrestleMania. I'm hoping they don't do it at Fastlane. That would just be all this buildup to do it at a Fastlane pay-per-view with, with WrestleMania weeks away. So those are the matches that, again, you're looking at. The Raw Women's title, I don't know where they're going to go with that. It's going to be interesting. Asuka, right now, she's on the shelf. We'll have to see if she gets off that shelf. Now, let's look at some of the other matches. Reigns versus Edge. Thought that was going to be a lock. Daniel Bryan has thrown himself into this now. He will take on Roman Reigns at the Fastlane pay-per-view. So you can set up three different possibilities, right? It can go... Reigns versus Edge, which before everything went down, I was like, okay, that's the winner. Daniel Bryan versus Edge, highly unlikely. Or we now throw a triple threat, Reigns versus Bryan versus Edge, which now I'm starting to think 
is the clubhouse leader. After last night watching SmackDown, it makes no sense with what Daniel Bryan did by laying out Edge at the end to somehow not include him into this match. And then also, if Edge beats Jey Uso next week, he's the enforcer at Fastlane Sunday night. So you can see some trickery there as well. And then that can lead to the triple threat. So some form of those matches you're going to see at WrestleMania. Again, it's two nights. I'm not sure why they don't use, instead of doing two nights of NXT and two nights of WWE, WrestleMania, probably should have combined some of the NXT matches into this WrestleMania card and just made it some big, bigger extravaganza than what it already is going to be. I know they're trying to get 45,000 people in there, but again, two nights of WWE NXT, two nights of WrestleMania, four nights of wrestling, not to count Raw and SmackDown. So now you have six nights of wrestling coming from the WWE, and we've seen what they've done with the three nights already. Not looking for it to be too great of a week of wrestling. Big E, Apollo, that's heading, is that heading for Fastlane or is that heading for WrestleMania? I'm hoping WrestleMania, because I would like to see that. Rollins, Cesaro, would not mind to see that. Uh, the Raw tag titles right now, it looks like Hurt Business battling. The Hurt Business are the tag team champions. They're battling with New Day. I think that's going to be this on Raw this week. Can they do something and may build that back up? Maybe Kofi and Cruz can get a... Uh, I'm sorry, um... Creek can get a uh, win at WrestleMania. You got Root and Ziggler, your SmackDown tag titles. They're battling the Street Profits right now. Do the Street Profits win at Fastlane? You start setting up something else for the tag team titles, or do you wait and keep keep them off until WrestleMania and then give the titles to the Street Profits there? Riddle, he's battling Ali right now. And then, like I said, the women's tag titles, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler right now. They're doing something with Belair and Banks, which, again, let's let's let some of the other women on the roster get some time. I, I don't know what you're trying to keep built. Why can't you have Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks if they're going to team up, battle another tag team? I get it. Last night they took on Tamina and Natalia, which was good to see, but you still throw the women's tag team champions into the mix. Why? You have the SmackDown Women's Championship already there. That's going to be defended at WrestleMania. Makes no sense to me. You've tied up the Women's Tag Team titles in a angle that's going nowhere for you. There's no payoff for this. And Oscar, as I said, has a concussion. So, again, where do you go with that? Does she drop the title at Fastlane? You do a... A match, Charlotte Flair versus somebody else, and you have the winner become the the Rawls Women's Champion. Do you do Rhea Ripley there? Is is again? Here's some of the other things that that you have to look at as well. What surprises could happen at WrestleMania? Could there be any surprises showing up? Becky Lynch, is that a possibility? She's been kind of laying low lately. I know she just had the baby. 
in December. I believe it was November, December. When it rolls around to April, is that enough time for her to possibly demand to return? Does that change the title scene at WrestleMania? It's going to be interesting because they had the Fastlane pay-per-view, which so far, I don't know what the matches are for the pay-per-view right now, other than I think McIntyre Sheamus is probably going to be on it. Apollo Crews versus Big E might be on it, maybe a basic match, and then they do something where at WrestleMania it turns into a bigger a bigger match opportunity for the Intercontinental title. So, again, a lot of unknowns heading into WrestleMania. Usually WrestleMania, it's pretty clear, the path you can see where they're trying to get to. Other than the heavyweight titles, and, again, the SmackDown, the universal title at the moment, not sure where that one's heading. So it will be interesting. When we come back, it's going to be some crosstalk. David Dwork. Trevor the Cats Radio. <laughs> the cats are on fire. And we'll talk about them next right here on SideRadio.com.